Hi, I'm Natalie. And I'm Chris. And this, and this is, is the, the Paranormal, Paranormal Podcast. Podcast. A podcast experience for stoners with a taste of all things creepy crawly. Each week, there will be two roles that need to be filled, the listener and the storyteller. The listener will be very, very stoned and surrounded by snacks of their choice in front of a microphone. The storyteller will then give three story options. Creepy, paranormal stories or legends. Crime, this isn't true crime, or cryptid, creatures whose existence can't be identified. The goal from there is simple, to get the best reaction from the listener as the story progresses. So Natalie's going to be choosing today. Natalie, before we let you pick creepy, crime, or cryptid, what is influencing you today? Oh, well, this is um, called Alice in Wonderland. It's sativa dominant, so very, very aware of everything right now. Um, and it's from Canisaw Farms. Got it. So Alice in Wonderland, have you Alice officially gone down the rabbit hole at this point? I feel like I might be. Listening to this story, I'm sure I will. Well, that leads us into the fun part. <laughs> so Natalie, you get to pick today. Creepy, crime, or cryptid? You know it's going to be creepy. Creepy it mm -hmm. is. Now, before we go on, October is a very, very special month for Natalie. <clears throat> Natalie, would you like to tell the audience what your favorite thing about October is? Halloween. Exactly. It's Filipino History Month in October. <laughs> I've been setting you up for this for like at least the past two weeks. So for all of my stories I've picked for the month of October, everything originates in the Philippines. That's so awesome. I'm so excited. Especially because Mabuhay is a greeting that's used in the Philippines. And as we say... Over here, we put the boo in Mabuhay. <laughs> wow. You're welcome. So, creepy story today is the Ozone Disco. The Ozone Disco? Mm-hmm. Is that like one of those oxygen bars? Oh, no. This actually was an actual legitimate disco that was in the Philippines and opened in 1991. So it's an old story, but it's not ancient necessarily. Um, I former... hope not. That's the year before I was born. Oh, buddy, you're going <laughs> to love this one. So formerly known as a jazz club named Birdland, the Ozone Disco opened in 1991. Shortly, about five years after its opening, on midnight of March 19th, 1996, a fire broke out at the Ozone Disco Club in Quezon City. At the time of the fire, an estimated 350 patrons and 40 employees were inside the building, even though that the fire code only approved up to 35 people in there. Holy shit. Most guests of the club were high school and college students either oh. attending graduations or end-of-year celebrations. Oh my god, that's so fucked up. So, Why? stuff goes down. Survivors reported seeing sparks flying inside the DJ booth followed by smoke, which most people thought was just the smoke machine or part of the show. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. After that, due to the uh, massive amount of smoke in there and nobody knowing how to get out of there, after the mass panic, at least 162 bodies were found oh. in the rubble. It is officially the worst fire in Philippine history and the worst nightclub fire since the 1977 Beverly Hills Supper Club fire in Southgate, Kentucky. Holy shit. So this is up there. This actually made news. 
and oh, got some so. of my sources from a New York Times article that was written the day after this happened. Oh, my God. Um, many of the bodies were found along the hallway, leading to the only exit. Oh. Catch this if you want your grim stuff. Piled waist high. Waist high? Oh, my God. So this was was a good party, apparently, until everything went down. Apparently? Fuck. Officials were quoted saying the club's emergency exit was blocked by a new building next door and there wasn't a proper fire exit. Oh, Reports, okay, so this is just all sorts of fucked up. Oh, no, it gets like, worse. everything is going wrong for these people. We're still in the intro. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Reports also show the exit was locked from the outside. Hold on. By the bouncers who thought there was a riot going on inside. Oh my god. Yeah, they thought it was a riot. Or did they actually think, like, were they actually just doing it to do it? Like, apparently the bouncers heard, like, a bunch of commotion and noise going on inside and wanted to mm -hmm. contain it instead of allowing it to go out into the streets. Not oh. knowing any better. Like, you yeah. would have thought they would have seen some of the smoke at that point, you know? You would think. I mean, and also you would smell it. Or unless they were confused about the people that actually got out first. Were just running in a panic. Yeah. But still, oh, everyone's panicking. Because again, to have about 390 people in there originally starting, and then the 162 not making it, like, Fuck. those are rough numbers. Yeah. So, here's where there's the Paranormal Podcast kicks in. Until 2015, the burnt-out shell of the club remained vacant and undisturbed, except for the ghosts. The ghosts! Okay, I'm on board. Locals report noises sounding like faint disco music. Oh, shit. And the ghosts appear to be apparitions dancing immediately when night falls. Is there also, like, an apparition of, like, the disco ball? I mean, I'd hope so, or at least that's what I'm picturing. I don't yeah. know how spooky it is like, or where. Do you remember the scene in the Anastasia animated movie? Oh, man. Yes. Yeah, or, like, going through um, the ride at Disneyland. Or maybe even like, yeah, like the, uh, like what you're was like it called? Like you're looking down in the ballroom and everything and yep. seeing the ghost dance. And what were those three ghosts that always kept coming in at, right at the end of that ride too? Oh, I don't know. Those scared the shit out yeah. of me every time. The travelers when you're in the chair. You that was fun. were coming, but you didn't know exactly when. Mm -hmm. I can imagine like a kind of a Hogwarts ballroom, except it just smells like Lichon the whole time. <laughs> God, that sounds awesome. Right? All right. Party time. Joseph Steven Santos. So... Forewarning, there's a bunch of names that are about to get dropped. So please tell me if you get confused, because your stone is all holy heck. And I know our <laughs> listeners are going to get confused, too. So that was Santos, right? Joseph Stephen Santos, whose cousin passed away in the fire, okay. is also the head of a group called Justice for Ozone Victims. Okay. He invited those seeking to put the spirits at rest to hold a seance. Josie Buenafe, local teacher at an exclusive boys' school, actually called upon the spirit of someone named Ed. Oh, why? Don't, don't do that. That's oh, not a good idea. Here we go. Oh, fuck. So this is a quote. This is apparently messages from Ed now. Though Ed said victims wanted to be remembered, they urged their loved ones to let them move on. By that point, Ed said there were only 60 spirits left in Ozone, and had requested another meeting on the fire's first anniversary. 
God. That's not a good... Why do people think that kind of stuff is a good idea? You know, I don't know, but I also am not quite ever sure of, like, a ghost having any kind of concept of time or their anniversary, you know? I don't know. No, because sometimes, like, the, the ghost energy gets trapped there, like, especially with a traumatizing event. And it just means that it's always going to come back on that time because it was so traumatic that it's just tied to that space. So this, so this is going to get interesting, especially when I go on with the story. But still, like, how did the ghosts? Do they just show up on that day and that second? They just appear and like, I guess like, will themselves into existence at that point, or is there like a? Well, I think it's more. It's not willful. It's like. It's just, they're tied to that they have to do it. It's not like they want to experience their death over and over again, you know? It's weird, because I just wouldn't imagine, like, a spoopy, like, Google Calendar alert showing up for a ghost or whatever they had in 91 back then. I don't know, man. Was it all The universe is just, like, time is not a factor. But, I mean, they were still seeing the ghost, like, oonsing outside, you know? With the disco ball, apparently. <laughs> I can't get over that either. <laughs> so, check this out. Now, fast forward... An entire year. Oh my god, a whole year. As said on the anniversary, the spirit of someone named Joey was tapped. Now, thought to be the DJ, Joey actually corroborated witness accounts of sparks and smoke coming from the DJ's booth. Oh my god. When he tried to use a fire extinguisher to put out the fire, Joey realized it was already too late and he passed away from the flames and the smoke and everything else. Now, Joey mentioned that Joey, as a spirit, was able to, quote, find the light, but chose to stay on Earth and help other spirits who were having trouble leaving. And now, you said it was due to the traumatic experience. Yeah. Apparently, Filipino ghosts are super loving and caring. Their spirits were having trouble leaving due to concerns of the welfare of their loved ones who were still grieving. Okay, like Filipino uh, legends. Not going to scare the heck out of you on this one. I know this isn't the creepiest one we've had, but it's a very unusual story. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not hanging around that long. When I'm out, like, I'm just... No, you better just be gone. I'm going to the light, because either I'm going to the happy upstairs place and getting a ton of puppies and food, or I go where it's hot and it's just where I belong. Either way. We'll find out at some point. I mean, point. I already know I'm going to hell. Then I'll save you a spot. Yeah, thank you. Now, in March of 2015, just to wrap up, just a week before the tragedy's anniversary, the Ozone Disco building was finally demolished and replaced by a branch of a local food chain called Good Ah, owned by local TV host Boy Abunda. So for anyone in the Philippines who's looking for a quick snack, heads up if you do go to this specific location for Good Ah, because you're actually going to see mourners in front of that location every once in a while, specifically the family members of the deceased. Wow. So they still do remember that area, even though there's no record, there's no memorial plaque or anything in that area anymore. Wow. That's actually really nice. So congratulations. There is your first very high experience under your favorite creepy. Yeah. Now, this was also a lot shorter than last time's. So 
just thinking, because we haven't gotten a whole lot from Natalie yet. What if you got to do a second one today? I get to do a second one? Oh, yeah, I'm getting special treatment already, and I love it. <laughs> you special treatment in this relationship? <laughs> right. So now, your options left are cryptid and crime. Mm, I'm going to go with cryptid, because I am super curious about Filipino cryptids, and you have that shit-eating grin on your face. Yes, because this one you actually we've actually talked about in the past. But not in depth, and I know you haven't researched this one. Excuse me if I completely slay the pronunciation of this one. This one is called the Mananangal. The what? Mananangal. Mananangal? Yes. This is apparently a very Filipino twist on your traditional vampire. Oh, fuck, I'm so into this. Yeah. So, there are a couple similarities when with this vampire in which... Um, relation to the vampire of Balkan folk- folklore. So, for example, okay. the, Mananan- the Mananangal does have a dislike of garlic, salt, holy water, and does have a vulnerability to sunlight. Hmm. Now, this is where it starts changing. The word Mananangal <clears throat> comes from the Tagalog word Tangal, which means to remove or to separate. Literally translated this word actually means remover or separator. Oh, fuck. In this case, one who separates itself. Huh. The name also originates from an expression used for a severed torso. Oh. Familiar now? So, they do have men and women okay. of this one. Male and female. But this one is usually depicted in a lot of the photos or drawings as a scary and hideous female. Oh, jeez. And always capable of severing its upper torso from its lower half and sprouting huge bat-like wings to fly into the night in search of its victims. Oh my god. That's awesome. Alright. Badass. Happy Halloween. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Happy uh, Filipino month. <laughs> Apparently. So the Mananangal favors preying on sleeping and pregnant women. Oh. Okay. Now, instead of actually with the sharp teeth, this is where some of it actually starts to differ. It has an elongated tongue, similar to like how a leech would suck stuff out. Oh my god. And this one doesn't just suck the blood of someone who's sleeping, it also will suck the hearts of fetuses in the pregnant women. Wow. That is... That's something else. Here's a cryptid for you. You wanted weird. Yeah, this is... Great story. There's a catch. So we can't just be very sexist with it because, you know, it's not just going to only prey on sleeping and pregnant women. Yeah. It also haunts newlyweds or couples in love. Okay, so just don't be in love ever. Not just that. Don't be a jerk in love because due to being left at the altar, grooms-to-be are one of its favorite targets for the broken heart. What? Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Check this out, too. Oh, man. According to legend, the severed torso is left standing in place and is the more vulnerable of the two halves. So we don't necessarily have the old school, like, trying to drive a stake through the heart while it's in the yeah. coffin or anything. But Because what the fuck do you do with that? Just big bug catcher net? I don't <laughs> know. Actually, here's what you do do about it. 
sprinkling salt, smearing crushed garlic or ash on top of the standing torso is fatal to the creature. Oh, okay. Good recipe to remember. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't kill it right away, though. It just means that the upper torso is no longer able to rejoin itself and will guaranteed perish by sunrise. Oh. Uh, also, if you are very familiar with your Filipino culture and your Filipino cuisine, which I know you are. I kind of am. It also has a weakness to vinegar and spices. Really? Yes. Okay. So for all you Filipinos out there, or friends of Filipinos, please get mom's recipe for adobo <laughs> if you want to protect yourself. <laughs> and slight twist. Okay. Apparently it has an aversion to very specific weapons. Ooh. Kind of Primarily, kind of a, in a very Castlevania-esque style, it is known to be a averse to daggers and the tails of stingrays which could be used as whips Ooh, i never thought about something like that that is fucked up so you can get your you could get your belmont on if you do see a large winged creature trying to suck a heart out of your unborn fetus or just blood right out of your body in most cases wow this is a lot. I can see the shock <laughs> and perplexion on your oh look of your God. face. And this looks I'm great. having so much trouble processing all of this because I'm <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and everyone else, she is officially down the rabbit hole. <laughs> That's right. So what, are you going to be looking at like caterpillars in the next few hours smoking out of a hookah? Like, I how mean, bad are you going to get? I've got a cat right here, so I don't know. Maybe he's just going to start like uh, disappearing on me because... That cat, yeah, and Adrian does have a very creepy Cheshire-like grin every once in a while. He does, and he's got the stripes, too. He's like little orange Cheshire cat, little pumpkin Cheshire cat. Just... He's a little pumpkin loaf right now. Look at him, he's so cute. A lot cuter, just also a lot stupider. He is, he's very stupid. I love him, I love my stupid cat. Well, thank you listeners for hearing Natalie completely (laughs) high for her first time on the podcast. We will be joining you next week while it will be my turn. So thank you. Stay creepy and spoopy, and we will see you next week. Yay!